This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. This is yours truly, Cherry Agarwal and joining me today is our Head of Research, Ayush Tiwari. Hi, Ayush. Hello, Cherry. And we have our desk writer, Gaurav Sarkar, joining us too. Hi, Gaurav. Hi, Cherry. Uh, with elections around the corner, Ayush and Gaurav have been out of office. I haven't seen you guys for about a week now. Time to hoga hai waise. टपरी Oh so oh yeah I forgot on podcast we have to say she's a non-smoker okay oh, okay Cherry's okay. a non-smoker shit <laughs> But let's come back to our podcast guys Yes yes do it let's do it Uh so Ayush and Gaurav have apparently been out reporting and getting you stories that big media doesn't cover So I do want to say to fuel their reportage you guys need to step in do consider subscribing to News Laundry and pay to keep news independent and azad And if you listen to our podcasts on any other platform like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify now, uh, then you should definitely check out our website newsonly.com where we have a lot of cool stuff especially during election time that Yeah, too. like reporters, you'll yes. find it on our website as well and Daily Dose which is a new yeah. podcast. Meanwhile, Gaurav Ayush, it's been a week that we last spoke about uh, we spoke about Congress's Nyay and now Congress's manifesto is out yeah. which I'll be talking about in a bit I'll also be talking about the new channel not so new channel actually Namo TV mm-hmm. later in the podcast but what caught your eye over the last week what did the media over report what did the media under report Gaurav um let's talk about what caught my eye caught my ears it was this uh, bjp leader from meerat yesterday who his name is vinith sharda and uh, i think he was campaigning for a senior bjp leader there and uh, suddenly like in the middle of his speech he asks he's urging people to vote and he just uh, breaks out into a gully boy sort of rap and he says kamal 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 The video became quite viral. I can't stop watching it. Like today, <laughs> I was driving to work and I just put it on and come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. But no, at some point you were expecting him to use some different words if it because it was being advertised as a rap, and then. कमल कमल कम अच्छा मैं सोचा था अब रैप शुरू होगा यू नो वाइज यू डूइंग द हेड बॉब ब्रेक इनटू व्हेन आयुष वॉट कॉटिया so i was on a uh, actually heartbreak assi- reporting assignment where uh, we were told beforehand <laughs> that uh, yogendra yadav and kanhaiya kumar are doing a you know press conference at the press club on monday and i you know just got on my bike and 
बारह बजे ही दिल्ली ही घर में पहुंच गया वहाँ पे और वहाँ पहुंचा तो पता चला कन्हैया कुमार तो है ही नहीं तो हमने पूछा कहाँ है कन्हैया कुमार तो देर अ स्क्रीन साइड पे सो गुड अमाउंट ऑफ माय टाइम वेंट अज्यूमिंग कि कन्हैया कुमार तो बिहार में होगा अभी तो पीक कैंपेनिंग पीरियड एक्सैक्टली हाउ डिड यू इवन अज्यूम दैट ड्यूरिंग पीक इलेक्शन कैंपेनिंग लेकिन वो भी नहीं हुआ सो देन मिस्टर यादव इन द मिडल गोज एंड नाउ कन्हैया कुमार एंड ही पॉइंट्स टू दिस यू नो सैड गायनैया कुमार अदर कन्हैया कुमार रिपोर्टर उनके मुंह पे बोला जाके कन्हैया कुमार उससे पूछा एंड ही इज लाइक मैं यू तो बोलती अच्छा तुम हो ठीक है प्रेस कॉन्फ्रेंस विच वॉज एक्चुअली प्रिटी आई मीन आई थिंक दर अ गुड स्टोरी देर एंड आई एम वर्किंग ऑन इट and we'll talk about it eventually uh, so guys uh, today we'll be talking about ssc paper leaks which is what the press conference that ayush attended was about we'll also be talking about uh, up chief minister yogi adityanath's rally where accused in the aklak lynching case were occupying the front seat and we'll be talking about the congress manifesto the slew of promises that they have made and we'll also be talking about the not so new but new channel namo tv which has prime minister's modi's face as the logo so ayush why don't you begin first of all i'm surprised that they didn't have enough imagination to call it something else than the namo tv by the way <laughs> i mean it has a lot of recall value namo tv Yes. I mean, but you should have some. I mean, at least some shame in the face of public opinion, right? I mean, at least have the pretense of being, you know, not openly partisan when you're starting a channel. Anyway, I mean, that's up to them. It depends on who owns the channel, which currently is under a lot of cover. But but we'll by come the back way, the is details. it is it has it come under the scrutiny of the election commission yet? So Congress and Amadmi Party have filed a complaint with the election commission. and they've stated they've called into question as to how this channel is not violating the moral code of conduct and i mean interesting questions about this particular channel is it will be covering prime minister modi's rallies older speeches that he's made speeches in the parliament speeches at rallies so i mean if it is going to be doing modi's campaigning for him hmm. then it is clearly a violation or will the amount of money that is going into this campaigning will that be added to the bjp's budget and what happens during the silent period which is before 48 hours when we go to poll will this channel be suspended will the content be frozen i mean but but the development on this has been that the congress the opposition has made noises but has yes. the ec said anything not yet i'm fed up of this to be very honest of the ec not of saying the anything ec not responding to things yaar at least come out and say that no you know this is not at least i mean even if you give the wrong answer give an answer yaar Uh, especially after they seized those books on the, mm, the Rafael that was being launched, you know, in in Ram's presence in Chennai, that people were raising valid, very valid concerns. That yeah, one of, of the yes. other questions is all the channels that are put out by different distributors and cable operators, they require INB clearance. Hmm. So one thing is, did this channel get the INB clearance? If they got the INB clearance, like what is the role? Who First I just want to know who owns this channel. Right. I mean is it the BJP is it a private party where's the money coming from and if the license has been granted how was it granted? Yeah. 
But Fair enough. And for the Rafael book launch that you were talking about, yes, people raised interesting questions. But just an update on that: the book was launched eventually in the evening, and the election, what is called the flying election squad, the people who went. to the book launch and seized the books and gave a handwritten note saying that the book cannot be launched citing the moral code of conduct they have been suspended so the right. hindu did a report citing anonymous uh, election commission official saying that they have been suspended because tamil nadu's chief electoral officer satyabrata sahu has said that the permission wasn't given to stop the launch of the book right which is which just makes it even more um sad actually it is odd. i won't even say it's outrageous it's just sad i mean your election commission i mean it's part of the language we need to get it shit together in that case anyway uh, but coming back to the press conference you yeah. were telling us about what so, is the ssc leaks press conference so about? the ssc is there anything about these ssc leaks I'll tell by you, the way like zero tera bhai hai na ssc is a body called the staff selection commission which is one of the biggest recruitment agencies of the government of india it's attached to the ministry of personnel this and public this was last year right ssc yes. leaks so the last year when they were uh, carrying out their examinations there was a good amount of leaking that happened that too i mean half an hour before the you know exam began the questions and answers both were leaked there were allegations of um, remote control i mean some remote softwares that were used to because these tests tests are online being used to you know fill the answer sheets and there was there was a huge protest in front of the ssc office and the chairman of the ssc is this fellow called Ashim Khurana and he's a nias officer from the Gujarat cadre and many people said you know this guy needs to be taken into account because this has happened under his nose the fir that the cbi filed said unknown officials from the ssc were involved in the leaks so obviously you would assume that you know in any country that has a normal democratic etiquette that this guy would would be shown his place but turns out when he was to retire 2 months later in may not only was his retirement you know sorry not only was his tenure extended by another year but they amended the law saying that you have to retire at 62 so they extended that to 65 now at the press conference was that done retrospectively yeah so he retires on 12th may and the proposal to extend his tenure is signed by the prime minister and the home minister on 14th of may So, so am i right in assuming that the amendment was done so that he could stay, stay in back. office yes i mean all the evidence points towards it i mean why okay. else so not only is the proposal about amending the age but also keeping him for another year and these documents at the press conference and this is kanhaiya kumar this fellow who filed rtis 20 25 times over the past year he found out that when he got the documents that several ministries several commissions had raised had raised questions about this guy's tenure being extended they had said ki we will amend the age of the retirement but we are not too sure about keeping him because that would mean retrospectively applying this so the law ministry ke pass this proposal goes for consultation four times four times they say this violates article 14 article 16 article 39 of the constitution this is all based on information yes, provided yes. but in the right to yes. information application you can you can i mean you can i'll post I'll, i'm doing a story on this so you can read what these documents say but and the story will be up on newslaundry.com yes and you should definitely check it out but that's the essential question and the prime minister's personally obviously gives his you know approval for these things and strangely enough the paper on which so when you sign these documents and proposals you not just sign them but people often write their instructions so the page that has the prime minister's sign and probably even his instructions about something is 
not in the RTI documents that have been disclosed and they've said it's confidential. They didn't say why it's confidential. Obviously, this is not something that's national security or anything. So it just raises more question about first, this questionable character being allowed to continue. Second, why is the prime minister so interested why in keeping him there? Why is he a there? questionable character? Because he's, I mean, under him. So when the leaks happened, a day later in a video interview, he said, you know, that this is baseless. There are no leaks. And then next day, his own commission sends a recommendation to the ministry saying you should, you know, CBI should do an investigation. So if you're calling it baseless, why are you, you know, recommending the CBI? Mm. This was because the BJP leaders put pressure on him. But, you know, this is a agency that recruits a lot of people so a lot of aspirants at least 30 lakh applied last year so a lot of young people and their hopes are lynched on this one exam and if you can't manage to carry them carry them out competently then you have to be brought you know heads should be rolling this is not an everyday leak and to extend his tenure in the face of that is just quite uh, I mean it's disappointing is uh, is Kanaya someone who applied for the exam or who's done the exam is yeah he one he's of an aspirant them? okay yeah. Okay. So I really look forward to your report, Ayush. Thank you. Uh, but uh, Gaurav, what about you? You worked on a big 4,000 word interview. Which you had to edit. Which I had to edit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But tell us uh, more about it. It's an interview with uh, Pushp Sharma, who was the guy behind uh, Cobra Post Operation 136. He and is he's really famous for a lot of sting operations. I'd say he's infamous, to be honest, actually. <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, it doesn't really take away anything from his reporting credentials. He's great at what he does. He's really good at what he does. But uh, I have my reservations about sting operations. I mean, everyone does. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you just look at it impartially, then he's just good at what he does. I mean, it's not like he tries to do something that he's not good at and yeah. excel. But uh, anyway, he claims that uh, he's been he's he's scared for his life and. Uh, that's the reason for him to seek asylum he's in the UK? He's seeking political asylum in the UK right now. He left last December and he's been there ever since. He's in fact written to a lot of, he's written to the PMO, he's written to Editors Guild, but uh, we've not really heard any reaction from them. But And uh, why has that been the case? Uh, well, first of all, Pushp has stung some really big names like Amit Shah, Modi, the Paytm vice president and... Uh, and and these are not these are not like uh, you know everyday allegations. They are like allegations in the Prajapati encounter case. They are uh, allegations of the PMO's office calling the PTM VP directly and asking him to share data with the office. Uh, these are pretty big allegations, and especially the PTM bit caught my eye because you know we're, we're practically three weeks out of the election right now, and data will be a game changer. If Less than three weeks. First phase begins on April eleventh. Okay, so a week. Fact check. Huh? <laughs> a week. Yeah. But continue. And uh, more importantly, what what happened recently is okay. So he's been there since December, but recently he has a he has this ancestral house in Saranpur in Uttar Pradesh. It that address is not on his uh, pan card. It's not on his election card. It's not on his Aadhaar or anything. So if it's ancestral property, doesn't make sense that it will be there on any of these documents. Exactly. And pan card doesn't really carry an address. It doesn't. It's not even there on his license. What uska jo hai, what what his address on everything is his house in Delhi. So his mother, his relatives, etc. Everyone stay on this ancestral property, which now the cops have dug out the address in mm. Uttar Pradesh and they've gone there and told them that we'll seal this property by 20th March, etc. Because it belongs to Pushp. And I mean, like he has his mother there. Yeah? It's not even his residential property. But it doesn't belong to him. It's it doesn't not belong in his to name. him. Exactly. So A is like, okay, how did you even get the address? How, how, how did the cops even get the address? You should be having the address which should be the Delhi one. I'm sure, I mean, you as a... If Anyone can find out the address to someone's house. I mean, we as reporters 
talk to people and we get addresses we get names email ids phone numbers i mean so police officers local police officers they'll know where who lives but is it fair to go and tell them that we'll seal your property no now that is a separate thing but, but and what is the reason that they give for sealing the property so in in one of he has he has multiple cases lodged against him all of which he was fighting in court when he was here but there was an incident where an ib operator was snooping around his house and went and told him that you know you're doing too many anti establishment stories so you know just basically take it easy take it easy and don't don't come out so strong against the establishment and any chance he has a recording of this no because the this conversation took took place in a park behind his garden in fact the ib guy landed the alleged ib guy landed up at his doorstep and he said you know there are ladies inside so i can't let you come in so they had this conversation in a park and uh, okay so maybe maybe push is also a little paranoid you know about whatever's happening you will be if you're like chasing yeah. after these guys you know it's bound yeah. to happen but in my opinion nothing really gives gives the authorities the right to show up at someone's ancestral house say that we are going to seal the property if push doesn't come back to the country i mean that is just proper strong arm tactics that is i mean i also want to go back to the bit where you mentioned that he's written to the editors guild mm-hmm. and pmo pmo mm-hmm. i still understand but if he is written to the editors guild and he hasn't received any response you said not yet yeah i think he written to them on 24th of march what did he write to them about he it's basically a, it's basically a very long email that comprises of all the stories he's done the reactions that he got from the politicians and then he's appealing saying that can we get this word out at least you know that i'm seeking political asylum here and the funny part about it is that in uh, in the uk when you approach the home ministry if you tell them that i'm applying for political asylum 99% of the times they will detain you because you're illegally trying i mean as of that moment it's illegal you're there to do something that you're not supposed to do because you've not been granted permission but no, in- but he has a visiting visa right to be there yeah but when you're seeking political asylum and you've already flagged the home ministry about it then the mm. home ministry will not only keep a watch on you in 99% of the cases they will detain you okay so so to probably tumko hazri deni padegi stuff like that but in pushp's case he showed them all the documents and you know he showed them text messages audio recordings whatever he had and they've not detained him text messages and audio recordings of what uh he he's been getting he's been getting a lot of uh, threats in general and okay. uh, it's it's been directed towards his family as well from from what i spoke to him in fact i spoke to him for 3 days uh, in like different spans over the weekend uh, i would i just want to take this moment to say that there are some theories there that do not check out where uh, some of them are just probably you know it's probably paranoia more than anything else but the other things in the story what it brings to light is that just because you let your political uh, your, your political leaning seep into your reportage okay so maybe he's maybe he's a little anti establishment but does that mean that reportage that is done against the current government no matter which government is at the center are you going to st- strong arm and stop it because that I just mean, goes as a reporter you are supposed to hold power to count of course yeah but in push but on the other hand what will happen is if today you know i'm if today supposedly ayush is like a pro congress or a pro bjp guy and the opposite party is at the center is it fair for him to let his political allegiance seep into his reportage and then go after only the party that he doesn't like you know what i'm saying so maybe with push that is the case but that is no reason for someone to like i mean come on we've seen ib operatives outside alok verma's house and stuff like that it's really not difficult to believe that these guys do snoop these guys do yeah, threat yeah. 
In fact, does anyone even know where the IB office is in Delhi? Does I mean you don't, but I mean it's hardly unbelievable. Does anyone know the spy. name? Of, does anyone have an IB source here on this table? <laughs> Why should I tell you? Sorry, <laughs> the IB guy. <laughs> I've been asked that question more than once, by the way. <laughs> when I was starting out as a reporter, and I wanted to be in these WhatsApp groups of journalists, <laughs> so it turned out that most of these groups has you know the same guy as the admin. So I sent him request saying, you know, you add me to this, 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 this group. <laughs> so he was like, are you from the RAW award? Why are you doing this? I'm like, no, man, I'm not. Or at least I've been asked to not tell you that. <laughs> so, so now I want to come to the Congress manifesto that was released yesterday, and hashtag Congress manifesto was trending on Twitter all day long. So hmm. Congress has made a slew of promises, some of which are very much required, and I hope we. By we, I mean the media as well as the voters will hope them to account if they come to power. So I'm going to highlight a couple of uh, things that they have promised. If I miss out on something important, I want both of you to jump in and point sure. out, and feel free to add a way in as I go along. So I want to begin with talking about the media and press freedom that the Congress has addressed. So Congress has promised. to amend the press council of india act to strengthen the system of self regulation it has also promised to empower the press council of india to deal with the menace of fake news and paid news i think this is really important because when it comes to self regulation media has failed miserably and there are several reports on newslaundry.com where we have tried to capture instances where this has happened uh, congress has also promised to enforce a code of conduct on reporting in situation of communal conflict riots and terrorist attacks this stood out to me because i mean there have been so many instances which news laundry has also reported on where newsrooms particularly tv newsrooms have whipped up war hysteria communal mongering be it ayodhya pulwama balakot i mean tv newsrooms go insane so right. i think this is an important thing to do what also stood out to me was this particular bit quote congress will pass a law to curb monopolies in the media cross ownership of different segments of the media and control by other business organizations unquote this is interesting because this will take on the likes of reliances and adanis i mean hmm. which is a big thing that they are promising yeah but what is also interesting is the absence of details exactly and as they say the devil is always in the details which is why i am not too excited about the manifesto coming out because it's a manifesto you know it's exactly. a, um, it's a document where you faff basically it's you political know, faffing it's, it's faffing is actually the right word on that because yeah. uh, there's a story that i'm working on side by side where you know we've what we're trying to do is we're trying to look at the frequency of the most used words in manifesto since 2004 surprisingly the top contender is the word will it's will. always future tense it's always we yeah. will do this we will do that and the second one mostly is promises so mm. i mean sometimes I mean, look but back but that is what manifesto is but about but that's what i'm saying sometimes look at the past and talk about what you've already done also right but you can't really lay claim to that because you've not lived up to any of your promises made in the manifestos yeah. all the time and the good thing about this covering this although i said that i'm not too keen on the coverage is that because there's so much stress on the manifesto so if the congress does manage to come into power then there will be you know accountability especially from the media because this is being covered if you didn't cover the manifesto then people wouldn't know what the promises are but now that they do know and congress comes to power then you ask them questions it will also be interesting to look at the media's coverage of the bjp manifesto which is supposed to come out this week uh-huh. but 
before we move on to a different topic, we were speaking about the lack of details that the manifesto, actually the details that the manifesto doesn't give. Yeah. So the Congress manifesto also mentions that it will make defamation into a civil offence. So just to clarify, defamation is currently a civil as well as a criminal offense. So what the Congress is saying that it will decriminalize defamation. And it is important for journalists because slap or criminal defamation has often been used as a tool of intimidation. I mean, and not that often. I mean, whenever they use defamation on journalists, it's never civil defamation. It's always criminal Criminal defamation. So that's that's good. I mean, look, uh, the... But things that made me quite happy, even though I was left confused, was the when they, I think one part of it says we must get the government out of, you know, the interventions in the market and all that. But so they're promising something like minimum government, maximum governance. I mean, what's interesting to me is that, see, look, the whole with Modi coming and with the, you know, in 2014, the idea was that it was the state that has been put in place by obviously prime ministers that belong to the Congress has been a state that's really overreaching. I mean, you have the state in every part of your life, especially in the economy. And Modi came and said, you know, minimum government, maximum governance, and that sounded really good for the new age libertarians. So when the Congress says this, it's good. But then you have things like Nyay, which obviously would mean that the state will have to, you know, start a whole system of distributing money and hard cash into accounts. So it's conflicting. But the best part is that they'll promise, they're promising to abolish sedition. They are Which promising to oh, scrap sedition. They are promising to scrap the Niti Aayog and the electoral bond scheme. Also, they are promising to amend AFSPA. Mm. But what really was odd about that is, again, lack of details. Right. But what, I mean, like Gaurav said, the use of word will, the use of word promises, what Congress can do to show that they are really serious about executing this apart from using catchphrases is implement these in Congress uh, where Congress is in exactly. yeah. where Congress has formed the state government right I mean see that that's that's a giveaway that it's just a mirage but I think to say that removing sedition is pretty much clear until of course they do some you know clever wordplay in the law and turns out you know it make make it very context sensitive and it goes to you know the to but if they remove sedition, I'm willing to overlook everything else the wrong they've done in the past few years. So a lot of people have been criticizing the Congress manifesto because it mentions that it will remove sedition and have called it an anti-national manifesto. So are you an anti-national? Are you, are you an anti-national? Well, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite anti-national by certain parameters. Is that no one cares about those people who lay out those parameters. The only thing is that... You know, it's funny that you oppose, you root for sedition, but when it comes for you is when you realize how fucked up that law is. I mean, I was in Aligarh, I've seen people who were charged with sedition. These were students who felt, Mm. you know, they'll crap their pants. But it's just a sick thing to do to support something like that. Just the misuse of the law is so rampant. Yeah. You know, in fact, I wanted to ask this question to both of y'all that, uh, I mean, a manifesto... Did we did we ever read like a manifesto when we were a teenager or probably 17, 16, 19, first time voter? Has, did anyone read a manifesto on this table? 
before like we got into news journalism mm, not really. i mean isn't it important somewhere for the electorate to at least read um, read at least two three parties ka manifesto in general why should it all i mean the media will hold the manifestos accountable right but how do you how does the general electorate make up their mind ki ye sach bol raha hai ki jhoot bol raha hai hmm. i mean that's the that thing about manifestos right you can't know wo sach bol raha hai ki jhoot bol raha hai because these are as you said promises that they will fulfill if they come to power but if i have read a 2004 manifesto and i have read a 2009 manifesto then i will know that the things said in 2004 have not been kept you have not kept those promises so why would i buy the same promises that have been made in 2009 and there are so many promises that are repeated all over in the manifestos yeah, yeah. so i mean that this proactiveness with the electorate i feel should be there that guys go out pick up a manifesto read it yeah it's really not yeah, much work you can see you can feel well the people who get the maximum exposure when it comes to reading the manifestos are obviously us the urban internet yeah. connection yeah. value types right we will be reading the manifesto mm-hmm. it's in our laptop screens that's not true for you know good number of indians who live in the rural countryside probably don't even have internet so the it's also manufactured and worded in a way that it appeals to this class of people so sedition i don't think people who you know are going to farm distress or jobs crisis mm-hmm. really care about whether well, sedition I mean, so is kept or removed for us a manifesto addresses all sections of people in different aspects right like to me the media bit stood out to me the review of laws bit where they spoke about sedition defamation mm-hmm. all this stood out but they also address the farmers how they will address the agrarian crisis they also talk about how they will bring about a new law that will address this mob uh, the problem of mob lynching so i mean for to appeal to different sections of the electorate they address the different bits but speaking about proactiveness of the electorate while i think it is important i think it is a little bit too much of an expectation to expect that every individual every voter will read different manifestos this is where i think the media comes in the media breaks hmm. down what it is what it means for the people the media brings in and puts context and says ki this is the promise that they made this is the promise that they didn't fulfill and this is the promise they are making again that is the media's role to put some context to say that these promises are just faff what and about people are, who don't read the news but like there are people who don't read the news who don't watch the news they chat and they chat these are the people you are expecting to read the manifestos of all parties their vote counts as much as anyone else's vote i am not discounting the value of their votes but i'm saying just the difference in expectation is a little bit too much you're saying that these people don't read news and then you're saying that these people i will sometimes feel that the electorate has it very easy in general hmm. i just i don't know that's where i'm coming from today and they just have it very easy everyone just wants everything on a platter it's not tough to actually pick up a manifesto and read it read one party ka manifesto once at least i mean yeah no i am with you proactiveness why it not should be yes there. yeah why not yeah but i think oh. i will stress on media's role to provide context and hold the government accountable that is their role so goro what's the next bit of news that caught your eye Oh uh, well it was this story about uh, the prime accused in the Aklak lynching case that happened in 2015 uh, they were seen in the front rows of a BJP rally uh, which was held by Yogi Adityanath and as strange as it might sound one of them was quoted as saying while smiling was quoted as saying uh, we are out on bail nothing can happen to us now so let's just pause and rewind and look that first of all these guys who have been accused of lynching a 50 year old man has been seen at a chief minister's rally in Uttar Pradesh which is right next to my house in Greater Noida um did you have... also attend the rally no 
I was uh, reporting on push. Yeah, he he's he hasn't lynched anyone, so he wasn't attending it. How do you But know? go on. How do you know? That's yeah. a very odd statement to make. So you're saying all those who attended were lynchers? It has begun, okay, guys. Okay, so let me say that obviously I did not say that. <laughs> you just <laughs> said that it's you should, recorded. You should have the element of humor it has when you begun. look at my things I say. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Obviously, not I everything not. is humorous, but okay. Gaurav, do continue. Ah, so this this village was Bishara village in Uttar Pradesh, which is actually in Greater Noida. And uh, there's a picture of these guys sitting in the front row, talking, chatting, etc. And this is the village where Aklak was lynched in the first yeah. place. This is the same village. So I mean, are these guys heroes in that village? I mean, they are how, how do you get how do you get front row seats to uh, Yogi's rally? I mean, look uh, again to not fall into the criticism of being general generalizing this, but they are heroes. I mean, if you go and read Tavleen Singh's ground report from Dadri, hmm. where this happened, uh, she the guy tells them on on her face, you know, that uh, what happened was right. But It the accused to, to say that we've not done anything, we've Mantra. just been wrongly accused Mantra. about everything. So they'll say that, but. Look, the majoritarianism by this government is being peddled. That's a fact, but it's also a fact that a good number of Indians, us, mm-hmm. our compatriots, support that majoritarian idea. Sure. But I mean, the boys are young, you know. The accused in the yeah. case are young, and that was a fifty-year-old man yeah, who yeah. lynched. You know, so I mean, they are heroes. And actually, to prove this, just to make my case, when one of the accused in this murder, he died of lung infection. When he died, he was given a funeral with tricolor wrapped around his. uh whatever casket or th- that but so i mean that's the thing we're talking about so on the ground people actually do like them these guys they are heroes but of course not that not, might not sit with us but that's the truth so in the in the charge sheet that was filed by the police in the aklak lynching case one of the mm-hmm. prime accused who was seen in the front row vishal vishal singh if i'm not wrong yeah vishal singh he uh in in this charge sheet he was accused of making an announcement from a local temple that aklak yeah. had you know consumed beef etc yeah it, that is a very strong accusation because your it can come under multiple sections and you're not only inciting violence you're causing yeah. riots you're and then you've been accused of killing someone i just want to know how do people see these guys as heroes i mean you can have multiple reports from the ground saying whatever it is but is there a i really don't understand the side of the world at all like since since when did like religion begin to trump humanity actually i mean since when did it not <laughs> the police look the no yeah there biggest, are good bits the most the biggest wars in history have been fought you know for hysterical religious people you know who want to are out to kill the people who follow the other god so i mean but this is not but even about religion country this is happening yeah, wars and, are fought between countries here we're talking about the same country which yeah, is having yeah. a communal divide like this and then because you have a communal divide you're being proclaimed as a hero no i mean there are civil wars which are religious i mean that happens the, the catholics and the protestants in france used to kill each other all the time in the medieval times but this is more of a cultural thing these people People are not killing the Muslim because there's a religious belief that you must not consume beef. There is no such religious sanction. The most we know from D. N. Jha's book is that the Vedas said that you should consume cows. Mm-hmm. So this is matter of culture, matter of politics, inciting certain beliefs and you know p- making it outrightly political. I mean, That's I just want to point out here: the caste system and the socio-political system at play makes it like doesn't give an option to people to not consume beef. or not consume meat because that is the only source of protein that is available to them yeah that's true i mean they don't have wheat or grains to go they don't have money mm-hmm. to go buy it last episode i recommended baby kamle's book about the prisons we broke the name of the book is the prisons we broke it's about the mahar community in maharashtra and how they have to survive their religion their culture and i mean 
it makes it so apparent the community had to live off scraps of food that they got from the hindu community or yeah. from the people who think they were on the top of the food chain so what are we talking about that people have a choice to exercise to what they consume they don't they don't have the choice i you mean know, if if i could just add to that when uh, when i was uh, when i was doing my post graduation in college in karnataka uh, we were sent to these taluks to report you know for about a week we were sent there and uh, i reported on a story where this particular tehsil had con- had used only 1% of the funds given to it for water resources and then i happened to go to a village over there where there were two wells one is for the upper caste one is for the lower caste and i saw that the upper caste boys like boys 13 14 year old boys have come to the lower caste well and are having a bath in it and then these guys will only yeah. have to drink from that well yeah which is i mean when 2019 guys come on i mean it's i mean ambedkar famously said when you know the constitution was completed that in india when this constitution comes into place we will we will have political equality there will mm-hmm. be political democracy but they won't there will be social inequality and there will be no social democracy and that's just stands true i mean parts of this is dadri we are talking about exactly. how far is it from central delhi which mm-hmm. is probably the most uh, you know regulated part of this country when it comes to law and order mm. if you go to central delhi you stopped you know your bikes are stopped your bags are checked it's very safe but you go 30 kilometers outside and there's no rule of law and that's what allows these things to seep through you know when cherry but said that uh, they're forced to live off people's scraps etc uh, what something that the media didn't cover this week again was a muslim minority women's manifesto that came out at the press club you know no one really gave that much coverage and they really reemphasized that this beef ban and this pro hindutva agenda of going against beef has really hit people's livelihoods yeah and like matlab khane peene ke vande pad gaye yaar abhi aur ye to logo ka and for people for people who belong to like the dalit community this is what they have been doing forever like they have yeah. been and again it's not out of choice that they are doing it it's the caste system it 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 turns about to into the caste system and now the only thing that you could have done is what is being targeted so it's just i don't know it it looks it looks really strange yeah moving on to the next section i do want to like i said i want to talk about media's coverage of namo tv so far i've seen three or four reports and the best one that was put out was by dakin herald it came out yesterday so namo tv named after prime minister narendra modi is now has now been renamed as content tv right so and the logo is prime minister narendra modi's face but the questions that are being raised are some of the very important questions that deccan herald has also pointed out so earlier i mentioned how the congress and the amadmi party have complained to the election commission and have asked for the channel suspension right the reason being that the moral code of conduct says that all political parties need to have an a level playing field but with the channel's coverage of modi's election speeches and campaigning this doesn't it's not a level playing field anymore so what these two parties have said is that influential people should not be allowed to abuse their positions by launching propaganda channels and pretend to have no connection with them this amounts to denial of a level playing field to opposition parties the channel also carried live coverage of prime minister's maybe chokidar campaign on sunday and is broadcasting interviews with bjp leaders and other programs the channel is you can say just a television version of the namo app right so it's available on all dtf channels and it's actually available on multiple channels on the same operator's platform mm. which is against 
tries regulations it is also what is interesting it it is not mentioned on information and broadcasting ministry's permitted channels list right so i wow. mean how <laughs> is it being broadcasted if it is not permitted and if it is permitted why is it not on the list also what deccan herald pointed out which is really interesting is that the sources of investment in the channel the size of funds are not known of course they are not known <laughs> why would they tell us that but, but go on. they have to they have give to. give affidavits right that's where when the media comes in ayush yeah. story will tell us in a couple in one thanks, week thanks for the peer pressure <laughs> i hope manisha doesn't listen to this podcast she will okay <laughs> also it's not known whether the spending on the programs is part of the bjp's expenditure or narendra modi's expenditure as a candidate so what the election commission should examine are these different aspects funding violation of the mcc uh, who the ownership and whether the broadcasting rules are being violated or not but given the election commission's actions against modi or the bjp or rather lack of it i mean it's just raises more question for example when modi gave that address yeah. about asadi got a clean shirt right in that if i'm not shiny anti missile satellite uh, shiny anti satellite missile that we launched yeah. and we went to the club of those four countries who can sort of destroy satellites he got a clean shirt mm-hmm. but was it not a violation it was said that it was not a violation because they did not uh, directly the broadcasters all india radio and doordarshan did not directly broadcast it it was broadcasted on youtube but i mean was it not a violation the election commission gave a clean shit so i mean with that in the background will the election commission take action against this and the most surprising thing is of course they have a television channel now but what are they doing over that third rate movie that's going to come out vivek oberoi pm I mean, narendra modi that 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 is see after a point you think that will come out though it will if it comes out then i mean there's actually the election commission might as well relocate to some bloody forest <laughs> you know in the in the hills because there's no point of that if that movie comes out i think that's that out and out catastrophe for me i mean that that's will you watch absolutely. it absolutely of course not or just might watch it you know cringe fest <laughs> in the day you can't get office episodes you can watch something like that but at at one point these things have to be you know can't be contained into right or wrong this is absurd this guy has a channel this guy has saris this guy has an app this guy has what not i mean this is just a rich neighborhood kid you know who tries to be cool and tries too much what are you he's talking about he's a chai wala chokidar <laughs> yeah my i wish that's just insulting chai walas and chokidars so coming to the recommendations gora what do you want to recommend uh it's a book that i happened to finish in about an hour it's called the secret library by uh, burakami and uh, if you guys can you all should get your hands on the special edition of it cuz the artwork is simply fabulous on it but you finished it in an hour meaning it's, it was so good or because you say you're so well read and no, you're no, so no, such a nice <laughs> nice try but not at all <laughs> okay. it's actually 80 pages long and cool. one side of the book has uh, yeah. artwork and the other has like text on it so 40 pages yeah Aish what do you want to recommend Um I want to since you were talking about caste and the beef thing then uh, scroll did a piece couple of years ago uh, putting out Ambedkar's what Ambedkar had written on you know how the upper caste eventually came around to eating beef so scroll piece called read what Ambedkar wrote on why Brahmins started worshiping the cow and gave up eating beef that's one 
and just to break free of all the outrage we did today so a couple of weeks ago ashwin the cricketer was in midst of a controversy because he man-kidding. mancated uh, joss butler hmm. and there's this wonderful australian podcast called the final word cricket which they did an episode defending ashwin it makes a lot of sense and But that's they, really surprising that australians yeah, are defending ashwin yeah, they're out of very, the they're very critical of butler and they appreciated ashwin the episode is called the vinu munker appreciation society and people should check it out okay i want to recommend a ground report that prateek did uh, the headline is madhya pradesh they voted for sandhyas for decades but receive poverty in return it is about madhya pradesh's guna constituency where people are living in abject poverty i mean their houses lack of water just missing basic amenities reading that report it was just cut trenching so definitely check out that report as gorov said do check out the manifestos being put out by parties the bjp the congress the cpim as well as the muslim women's party yeah. that was put out i also want to recommend our latest podcast which is daily dose do check it out and thank you everyone for listening to us that's a wrap for this episode uh i do want to say do send us your feedback critique comments just your thoughts you can send it to contact at newslaundry.com or you can tweet it to us i'm at quilwoods on twitter and ayush is at sayush gorav is at pencil pusher 24 or you can write it to me at cherry at newslaundry.com also remember do pay to keep news independent and azad because only you can ensure that reports which the big media isn't covering are being put out and ayush and gorav can go out and report yes to subscribe to news laundry you can visit our website newslaundry.com and happy subscribing Thank you guys. Bye Thank guys. you. Bye bye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.